Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. Stand with me if you would. Thank you for being here this morning. These are my favorite times to preach whenever we start New Year, maybe spring, we roll into fall, because you never know what God's up to, amen? I love it when we talk about new life and new opportunity. And as we roll into the new year, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to reach further and do more than you ever thought you could. And we need God's help to do that, don't we? That's the reason why we're here. Let's pray together. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. Speak to us this morning, we pray, God. Let the Holy Spirit enlighten our hearts through the word this morning. Let us be more like you today than we were yesterday. In the name of Jesus, everyone says... Amen. You may be seated. Go ahead and wave at your neighbor. Let them know that you're glad that they're here. We're going to start in 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 15. And like I said, this is one of my favorite times to preach because as the new year starts, we think of the new things that God can do. I know that we have New Year's resolutions. I don't necessarily like that word as much as I do life change because I don't want to stick things in my life. That way people will look in and say, oh, look, that person has changed some more things. I don't think we need more of that, more things in our life that instilled that lead us to a greater life in Christ. Amen. So those are the things that we want to go for. What do we need to do? How do we need to challenge ourselves? God, what are you speaking to me? And this morning, that's really my heart, is I believe that God has a word for every one of us in 2024. God wants to speak something into our spirits, maybe about relationships, maybe about your ministry, maybe about your career, maybe about your marriage, maybe just about you, that God wants you to be challenged to the depths of who you are. And we want to embrace that, amen? Because we know where, we, where, where God's leading us is a place that we want to go, and we want to be together in that. Now, 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 18 through, or excuse me, verses 8 through 15, we see that Elijah, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, and this is the prophet of Elijah, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Right now, in the text, he is in a place called Cherith, and he's at the brook of Cherith where ravens are feeding him, and the water has uh, given him what he needs to sustain himself through water. And, and now that has dried up, and the ravens have stopped feeding him, and now he's moving on. But he's been there that whole time, so it's like McDonald's delivery to your house. You know what I mean? That's kind of what's going on here. But, but he gets the word. The word of the Lord came. Verse 10, so he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. She said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have any bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. That's not much hope, is it? And Elijah said to her, Do not fear, go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me, and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The bin of the flour shall be used up, or excuse me, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. 
Now, it's very important because it does have an expiration date. Okay? Not everything that God's doing today is He going to do in your life tomorrow because He's bringing us to a new spot. Amen? So the way that He provides for us today may not be the same way He provides for us tomorrow. And what we can't do is get caught up in what God was doing. We need to get caught up in what God is doing. Amen? Okay, so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. She and her, uh, she and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which she spoke by Elijah. And there's three things that I really want to concentrate on this morning, because I truly believe that God has a word for you. What is God challenging you to do? Challenge you to step out in faith for your company, for your ministry, for your family, for yourself. Or maybe it's a little bit of each one of those. You need to sit down with a pad, and you need to sit down at a table, and you need to pray and say, God, what are you speaking to me in each of these areas? of my life because God doesn't want you to be in the same spot at the beginning of 2024 as at the end amen and if we'll walk and ask him and seek his face and do those things and say God what is the word that you would have for me he wants to give it to us he does not want to leave us as he found us amen and that's really the first thing as I read in the text that really challenges me is a word seek God for a word the word of the Lord came to Elijah and he said that I have commanded a widow to provide for you. We see two different words, one to Elijah and one to the widow, but God has spoken a word. We don't need to be waiting on God to speak. God is speaking. We need to make sure that we're ready to receive it. Amen. So what is your word? I want, you to, I want you to be passionate about this and seek this. It should be what drives us to wake up in the middle of the night and say, God, it's the beginning of the year. This is, a, this is a time of new life, of new opportunity, God. You're taking us to a different place, to a different season, God. Let my heart be in a place that's ready, God. Stir me up from the slumbers of my sleep. Wake me where I'll put things to the side and go into a place and seek you because it's your word that I desire. Amen. Oh, wouldn't it be nice, instead of, the, instead of the name Elijah, it was your name, and the word of the Lord came to you. What's God speaking? It's a word, it's something that we should desire, that we should chase after, that we should want. Many times we have a tendency to miss the word. Why do we miss the word that God's trying to speak? Well, if we look into the text, we see, not in this particular text, but we look into the Bible, we see like the Israelites, they tend to wander. Sometimes we tend to wander and miss the word of God. Have you guys ever been wandering? You just kind of go around and it seems like you're doing something productive, but you're really not doing anything. But it's good justification to keep doing what you're doing, even though what you're doing is not getting you where you want to be. Curl up the toes, we're stepping on them this morning. Come on, we've all been there now. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Many times we miss the word of God that he wants to speak into our lives because we wander. Because in some ways the wandering fills the desires. The wandering fills our hearts. The wandering is something to fill a void, the space and the time. You know, whenever I was younger, I always had to have music playing. It didn't matter whether I was driving or whatever I was doing. I always had to have some form of noise. The older that I get, sometimes I'll get in my car and I'll drive an hour and I won't turn on the radio or anything. Is anybody else with me on that? Yes. Sometimes it's just good to sit in silence, isn't it? 
It's just good to say, God, speak to me. I want to be in silence. I don't have to have anything to fill the void. Don't let me wander. The next thing is we kind of wind down. Now, there's nothing wrong with winding down and relaxing. I hope some of you guys are doing that over this holiday, especially just getting through with Christmas. (laughs) Uh, All the family, you know. You love your family. About two or three days of your family, you're ready to have your house back to yourself. I'll say it for you. That'll be okay. You're ready to get back. You know what I mean? You know, you pull your coffee cup out of the cabinet or whatever it is that you do that you don't have to stumble over four or five people to do. You can wake up in your night clothes and walk downstairs and not care because there's nobody there. Oh, the simple things, isn't it? It's the simple things. There's nothing wrong with winding down. But in our culture today, some people lived in a way that they wind down. You ask people, oh, I just haven't had very much luck getting a job. I haven't had very much luck. I just, and you ask them, well, what kind of resumes have you sent in? What kind of applications? And their answer is nothing. I've been sitting at home eating Cheetos on the couch for two weeks. Rest is good, but you shouldn't live that way. You know what I mean? But sometimes in the midst, we're like, God, I just want to wind down. Oh, I've had a hard week. I've had this. I've had that. So, God, I just want to stare at a screen aimlessly for so many hours. Or I want to do this. Or I want to do that. And that has its place. But don't get caught up in the winding down. Because it's in the midst of the chaos. It's in the midst of the confusion. It's in the midst of that. That if we'll really press in, we'll begin to see God. Because God's in the midst of that. We want to wind down, but we don't want to live in a place. And then sometimes we wish. We miss the word of the Lord because we wish. We call it prayer, but it's really nothing more than we're sending to God than our wish list. I wish you would do this, and I wish you'd do this, and you can have my wife or my husband too. Oh, come on, y'all prayed that prayer. Hawking things at heaven, man. <laughs> oh, man. And we wish. We have this wish list, and it's really not prayer. It's really not on our knees before God or in our chair, however it is that you, you do your prayer saying, God, speak to me. I want to hear. I want to know what you're saying. Instead, we take up the time by speaking the entire time. And God's waiting for us to be quiet so he can speak to us. He already knows what we need, and he already knows our desires, and he's better than Santa Claus, and he definitely knows our wish list. And maybe on our wish list, instead of wishing for things, we wish for a word. God, i got to have it. I've got to have it because this year depends upon it. If that would be the cry from our hearts, which it is for some, and you can jump on board, but if that would be the cry from the hearts, I wonder what God would deliver and give to us and store within our hearts and minds. That God, a great year doesn't depend on a bigger bank account. A great year doesn't depend on what I call success. A great year depends upon a hearing from you and knowing that I'm doing what you've asked me to do. I've got to have your word. Elijah didn't move without a word from God where he go after a word, a word. And then sometimes we miss the word that God's speaking to us because we're looking for a way out, not a word from God. Times are hard, pressures intense, difficulties are there. And we're asking God, please make a way of escape. Please bail me out of this. Just let me get out of here. When the whole time God is trying to speak to us to show us how to navigate and how to do those things. If we'll just stop and say, God, 
I'm ready to listen to you. Don't miss the word of the Lord because you're looking for a way out. Maybe God has you exactly where he wants you. It's like John Maxwell says, sometimes we're down, but whenever we're down, if we'll go ahead and pick something up, we'll have something when we get back up. God, I don't want a way out. It's the discipline, it's the responsibility, it's those tough times that make us who we are. Soft times don't make great people. They're fun to be in, but it's really those times that we're doing our very best in some way scraping by and saying, God, we are who we are because of you, and that's it. Don't look for a way out. God wants to take you from where you're at to where you're going. So what do we do? How do we, how do we make sure we get this word from God? Three things just to think about is one, anticipate. Anticipate the word of the Lord. Anticipate. It will change your life. It's, it's an amazing thing whenever you sit in anticipation and saying, God, what are you going to do next? What are you going to speak? What are you going to speak? And when you speak this into my life, what is shaking loose somewhere else in the cosmos that I really don't understand? Because whenever you speak, God, things happen. Whenever you speak, people move. Whenever you speak, situations change. God so I'm waiting for that word I'm sitting in anticipation because as you speak and you collide with my spirit God oh what a place to be in do you desire it that much do you desire a word from the Lord that much or is it okay just to continue 2024 and say God whatever happens is going to happen as long as everything's okay as opposed to God I'm sitting in anticipation I'm sitting on the edge of my seat Crying, God, what are you going to speak? What are you going to do? Anticipation changes things. It will actually help you paint the picture. My wife and myself and three others went out to celebrate my sister-in-law's birthday the other day. And we went to the movie theater. And what I was anticipating is kind of theater seating with the fold-down seats and, you know, you just kind of the wooden, wooden deals. You know what I'm talking about? I was, that's all I kind of grew up with, so I thought, man, you know, this is going to be great. We're going to see a great movie. Well, I get in there, and this thing blows my mind. Oh, man, you get in there, and there's like a lazy boy recliner. You guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, man, in the big drink holder, I put my big Coca-Cola right there. There's plenty of room for you and the big deal of popcorn that's like 15 gallons. You know what I mean? Like you've put enough salt on that that you don't need any salt for the rest of the year. You know what I'm talking about? And you're loving it. And then all of a sudden... I find that you can hit these buttons. And all of a sudden now I'm watching a movie with my legs up in the air. And I'm just chilling like a villain, man. I love it. But my anticipation wasn't correct the first time. I guarantee you next time we go to that movie theater, guess what? My anticipation is going to be up because the picture has been painted for me. Be careful what picture you paint. Let the Lord paint your picture. And know that whenever he paints it, it's going to be better than what you could have done. So God, I set in anticipation for your word. Number two is I just I want to tune myself. I want to make sure that I tune out some noise. I get rid of some things because, God, you, 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 you talk in a different frequency than the world, than maybe my friends, than family, than even I do sometimes. So I want to make sure that I attune myself to your voice. Your voice doesn't need to attune itself to me, and sometimes we can get that flip-flop, can't we? Oh, come on now, it's just me and you. We can sometimes. We expect God to do what we want him to do. And we have to make sure that we attune ourselves and say, God, I'm going to tune out some things. So for some of us, we need to turn off the news channel. 
For some of us, we need to get rid of some entertainment that's in our life. For some of us, we need to get rid of some music and some maybe even some friends' conversation out of our life, saying, hey, listen, we don't speak like that anymore. We don't talk like that anymore. Maybe we need to reach into our families when we're sitting around the table for dinner and different things like that and say, listen, we've got to change our vernacular, our vocabulary around here. Some things have got to change because we're trying to attune ourselves to the word of the Lord. So I tune my ears and my mind and I block out some of that stuff. And I say, God, during this time, I want to make sure I hear you because you're speaking. Let me hear you. And the third one is simply this, accept it. Whenever you hear the word of God, accept it and be obedient. Boy, that is much easier said than done, isn't it? Whenever you hear God speak to you and saying, listen, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to go. This is what you need to give. And sometimes the word of God doesn't have to be this complicated thing. Sometimes I need to hear from God and just simply say, Matt, it's going to be okay. Has anybody needed that word from God? Or, or maybe, Matt, it's going to be fine. Or, 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 or stop doing that. Sometimes I need to hear God tell me, stop doing that. Is there anybody else in the house? That's how I was with sugar. I like them Reese's cupcakes, man, I'm telling you. Stop doing some stuff. But God, I want to be open. Give this or go there or say this or, or do that. We were riding in the car up to celebrate um, my sister-in-law's birthday and we went around in the car and we said what do you think God is speaking to us and there's four or five of us in the car what, did, what was God speaking to each one of us about a word for the year and each one of us went around and said this is the word that we feel like God's given us in our spirit for 2024 something we need to concentrate on that would probably affect every facet of our life so you want to attune yourself and you want to anticipate then ultimately you want to accept and say, God, how does this change my situation? How does this change me? How do I use this? The word of the Lord came to Elijah. I've already commanded a widow. Shows that he already had a conversation with the widow and she had to be open to it. It's not that God doesn't want to speak or God's not speaking. It's just sometimes we're not listening. So God, what are you doing? And my prayer is simple. God, what are you doing? What are you speaking? I pray, this was my prayer this morning, and it's going to continue to be my prayer. Holy Spirit, speak to each person individually in here for 2024. What's right for them? What will challenge them? And then let them set in anticipation for what you're going to do as we hear your word and we obey. Because we know ain't nobody can pay like God pays. Amen? In that great English? I'm serious. Nobody can reward you like God can reward you. So God, we sit in anticipation. The word. So what word is God speaking to you? What is God telling you to do? Embrace it and move forward. Second thing that we simply learn here is that words work together. Upon reading this story, I was thinking, it's not just about me. Have you ever wondered, am I the only one that, that, that is going through this? Am I the only one that God is dealing with this on? You ever thought that? I have. Nobody in the room but me. Okay, well, I have, okay? I have, and I'm telling you this. You're not. I'm not. God deals with us all. It's just some sub subjects are so sensitive that we feel like we're the only one being dealt with. 
But this is what we want to understand about the Word of God, is that the words of God work together, that we're all in this thing together. That something really does shake loose, that whenever you get a word from God and I get a word from God, and then our cross, and then our paths cross, and they meet, that something shakes loose in the cosmos. Something is about to happen that we can't understand, and it takes obedience. That's the reason why we sit in anticipation, because we begin to operate like the body of Christ and say, God, we're doing our best to hear you. We're doing our best to obey you, be doing our best to walk forward and seeing what you won't shake loose and what you will not do for the widow it was a miracle for Elijah it was continually building his faith here in scripture first Kings chapter 17 verse 9 arise and go to Zarephath which belongs to Sidon and dwell there see I have commanded a widow there to provide for you so he arose and went to Zarephath and we see the two words collide Arise and go, and he went, and then, then he met the widow that knew what was going on, and the paths cross. We see that the cosmos land, um, lined up with regular time, if you will. And whenever you and I get a word, and we're willing to walk out and do what God's asked us to do, at the same time, he's dealing with somebody else. And our paths could cross, and they could meet, and what it does is it shakes loose miracles in people's lives. And we want to be careful because here we see some pretty big mirror, uh, miracles with the flour being in the oil. And then later on in the chapter, we read that um, Elijah raised the widow's son after he died. Those are huge miracles. But what I don't want to do is get so caught up in that bigness that I miss the little things that God does for me all the time. And the amazing thing is whenever we'll attune ourselves and align ourselves to what God is saying, we will step back and begin to see how all the little things had to line up to get to the big thing. The big thing just didn't happen. It was this step and that step and this person doing that and this person doing that. Then all of a sudden something shook loose in the cosmos and people got delivered and lives got changed and healings happened and then the big miracles came, amen? But it didn't happen all at once. And it happened because people obey the word of the Lord. Because they accepted what God spoke to them. And they moved forward with it. For the widow, it was a drink of water. It's interesting how the words work together. I love the widow because she says, listen, <laughs> I don't have any bread or flour. Like, my plans are this. I'm going to go to my home, make what I have left, and then I'm going to die with my son. You know, it's okay to have reality checks, isn't it? It's okay. If you're sick and feeling bad, you're sick and feeling bad. If things aren't working out in your marriage, don't deny them. If things aren't working out at your job, don't act like it's not real. It's okay to be in reality. It's okay to have a sound mind, as Paul writes to Timothy, and go into the presence of God and saying, this is my current situation. This is what I need. This is where I'm at. This is what's going on. And God, if you don't move on my behalf, then things are going to go south really quick. Has anybody prayed that prayer before? That's okay. That's okay to pray that prayer and say, God, this is where I'm at. This is what I need. But in the midst of that, Elijah gives her another word, and he says, go ahead and go do that. You, gotta, you see the humor in the text there? If you're going to die, go ahead and go die, but first make me some bread. <laughs> I just love Elijah, dude. He would have been one of those cats that would have been hard to hang out with, okay? Because he cut to the chase, and he didn't mess around. Okay, he wouldn't have been like the super friendly person you share like a loaf of bread with or something, you know what I mean? That probably wouldn't have been him. 
But here he's doing, his, he's doing his job. He says, go ahead and go do that. But first make me some bread. And then the widow has a choice to make because she hears the word of the Lord again. Okay, wait a second. You're asking me to put my needs second and your needs first. Oh, that's not easy, is it? But whenever you're dealing with the word of the Lord, what will happen so many times is it will be your needs second and it will be God's needs first. And it's gonna take a lot of courage to do that. It's gonna take a lot of courage to say, listen, there's a million different ways that I could do things, but I'm not gonna do it that way. Humility is one of those words that are, is one of those words in the Latin, in the Latin um, root word is hummus and it means grounded. And whenever you, you walk in humility, it really means that you're walking with a certain amount of groundedness with yourself. That you understand what you're thinking. You understand the situation that you're looking at. You understand the circumstances that surround you in the environment. And whenever you walk with humility, it doesn't mean that you lessen yourself. It just means that what you need becomes second and what others need becomes first. It doesn't mean that you look at yourself with any less of confidence in yourself but rather you begin to put others first, and that's what humility is. And to walk in the word of the Lord, you have to really desire to say, God, it's these other people's needs first and mine is second. But that takes courage. Bear Grylls is a great, um, is a great adventurist, and I've read one of his devotions and some other things that he writes, and I really enjoy it. And he had set out to go up to Mount Everest, but this time his desire was to go up on a glider. And it's called a, a paramotor is what it's called. It's kind of like a glider with a big fan on the back. And up to that point, 17,000 17, feet high was the highest that anybody had ever flown in one of those. But he said, I want to go around Mount Everest. And he said, I was listening to an interview just a while ago. And he said, it was, he said this is the, the danger. So many people told him, listen, this is crazy. You shouldn't do this. There's too many things that could go wrong. You're cruising at 80 miles an hour, and the temperature is like 50 below or 60 below. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. Things can freeze and break and all these other things. But the one thing that he said, he said, if I was going to do it, I'm just going to have to do it. And that takes courage. Sure enough, he gets in the paraglider, and he goes. And he's riding with his friend, Jilo Cordoza. Jilo Cordoza was the engineer that put all these paragliders together. And he said this about Jilo. That Jilo had a way of saying, we can do this. He said every time that a design flaw came up, every time that somebody doubted, every time that somebody thought they couldn't do it, he would look at you and say, yes, we can we can do this. And that's our attitude that we have to have whenever we hear a word from the Lord. We have to have the courage to say, we can do this. It was amazing to hear that little interview that I heard because he said this, he said, he and Jilo are, are flying around Mount Everest and, they, and he actually winds up breaking the world record by 11,000 feet. I mean, it's, it's in a major feat. They come down and they celebrate. But he said, all of a sudden, I was, I was flying with my friend and he said, all of a sudden, his motor stopped and he had to glide back in. And he said, now all of a sudden, I found myself in a position by myself that I didn't like. He said, because of this. He said, because whenever two fly together, they're just stronger. Isn't that a great line? See, whenever you obey God's word and I obey God's word, something really amazing can happen. And we're not walking alone. 
yeah, we're cruising at 18,000 feet and we really don't know what we're doing like we should maybe and we've read all the stats and, and done all the stuff and we're walking in faith and we've never done what's been doing and all these different things it can throw out there. But whenever we walk together and we believe in humility that our feet is grounded upon our Savior Jesus Christ and the word that he speaks into our life that he can do all things. So what is he speaking to you? Because the word that he's speaking to you could be the encouragement that somebody else needs to step out in what he's speaking to them and they can be their inspiration. Because whenever these words cross, things in the cosmos happen. And it doesn't just affect you or me. Now we're talking about affecting communities, states, regions, nations. But it's going to take courage. That word that God spoke to you is going to intersect with a word that he spoke to somebody else. And whenever that happens, we sit in anticipation because we know the picture that God's going to paint is way better than anything we could come up with. Elijah's response, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 13. Do not fear, go and do. If I had a word for you this morning, this would be my word for us as a church. Do not fear, go and do. Whatever is holding you back, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, people, naysayers, maybe you don't think you're prepared or you haven't done enough or you don't deserve it or, or whatever it is. Maybe you look into your account and you say, I just don't see it. And there's some things, some visions, some passions, some things I know that you're speaking to me. Fear not. Go and do. Because for the widow, is the last of her last of her last. Like there is no more. I don't have a couple gold bars hidden somewhere. I, I, don't, I don't have something stashed back like this. This is it. Mary is talking to servants whenever Jesus is about to do his first miracle and turn the water into wine. And she simply looks at the servants and says this. Whatever he says to do, do that. My heart is simple for us as individuals in our church. We love you guys. And you'll never do what you need to do until we do what God tells us to do. And whatever he says to do, we do that. We don't let fear hold us back. We don't let naysayers or doubt hold us back. The first step is always the first one, which is always the hardest one. But God, I will put one foot in front of the other. And that really brings me to the third thing here. We've got to trust God. We've got to trust God that he's not going to put everything on us at once. See, Elijah and the widow are really closer than we think they are. Many times we can think, well, this is a preacher who, who preaches in the pulpit or a minister or whatever they do, and they're separate than me. But really, as we look into this text, we see the same thing that's going on in the widow's life is really going on in Elijah's life, just different time frames, if you will, different, different levels. As, as Elijah was at the brook of Cherith, and, and, the, and the ravens came and brought him food, and, and he got water, that was to show God's provision. That was where he really built his faith. But whenever he went down to Zarephath, that was to refine his faith. 
It was there that he found out that whenever I say go and do something and I've already prepared a place, that means I've already prepared a place, so go and do it. And it was a place of refining his faith. But it's the same thing we see with the widow that God had spoken to her. Later on, whenever um, Elijah, through the Spirit of God, raised her child, she looked at him and said, this, I know you're a man of God now. I was thinking, the oil and the flour didn't do that? That's a pretty cool miracle. Maybe not. But you see her faith being refined. That as she steps out and does what God tells her to do, then God's going to help her situation where she's at. The flour and the oil wasn't for Elijah. It was for the widow and her son and the household. That miracle was different than what God was doing in Elijah's life. My miracle will be different than what God is doing in your life, and your miracle will be different. But it does all start with one thing, a word from God. That we trust him that he's not going to do it all at once. From Zarephath to Cherith was 100 miles. So he had to begin to walk or ride or whatever he did for 100 miles. Sometimes God will call us to do things because he's trying to lead us to the next place that's going to cause a little bit of sacrifice. It's going to cause a little bit of difficulty. There'll be some things we don't understand. But if we trust God, if we say, God, I trust you that what you're speaking to me and where you're leading me is greater than the place that I could go on my own. So God, I'm gonna trust you. And for some of you guys, you may be like the widow. You may be like the widow and you're at the last of your last of your last. Pastor Mike and I was talking to a family that gave a donation to the church and before they could give that donation, they were sharing with us. <laughs> We were at one point at the last of the last of the last. And we were looking at all the things and saying, God, we've done this, what you've told us to, and we've done this, and we've done this. They had nothing else to do but simply trust God. Maybe that's where you're at, and I want to encourage you, continue to trust God. Maybe the word that he's spoken to you is one that's going to take you from 2023 to 2024. And you've got to continue to trust him. And know that he's not going to put it all on you at once. Don't be surprised whenever he speaks something to your heart and you're in the process of doing that and then he speaks something else. That's what he did with the widow. Hey, go get me a cup of water. And while you're there, get me some bread. God will speak to you about something and while you're there, all of a sudden something else will step out and you're going to have to step out a little bit more on faith, a little bit more on faith, a little bit more on faith. Because that's how the word of God works. He wants us to become more like him and less like ourselves. 1 Kings chapter 17, 8 and 9. And then the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I've commanded a widow there to provide for you. It's amazing what's happening in Elijah's life because at the brook of Cherubeth is wherever he understood that God was going to provide for him and he's building his faith. And then he went to here. And the word of the Lord said, go, because there's a widow that I've commanded. So what he was saying is, go ahead and do what I ask and I've already prepared the way, just go do it. In, verse, in chapter 18, verse 1 and 2, it's amazing what he tells Elisha. It says again that the word of the Lord came to Elisha. And this time it simply said, I want you to go to Ahab. It didn't say, hey, 
It doesn't say, hey, I've already prepared the way. I've already talked to some people. It doesn't say any of that. It just says, this is where you need, this is whom you need to go to. And then the next thing we pick up is, Elijah went. God knows what he's doing and we can trust him. Put one foot in front of the other. Don't be scared of the word. Let God take you where he wants you to go. Would you guys stand up with me all over? I'm gonna ask our altar workers to come down front, our prayer partners, if they would. Maybe you've got something stirring in your heart and your mind and you need special prayer. Could be health, it could be that you just need direction from God. Slip out from your seats and come on down. We wanna give you time to do that. Takes a lot of courage, we know that. We wanna give you time. Let's give them a hand as they come down. It takes a lot of courage to come down. They're soaring, they're soaring at 29,000 feet today, aren't they? But what, God, what is God speaking to you? And as they pray, and if some of you guys want to slip out and come down here and put your hand on his shoulder, we want you to do that because we don't like anybody to be alone. Come on down if you would. If not, that's okay. I want you to grab the hand of your neighbor, though, if you would. Grab the hand of your neighbor, and we're going to pray for one another that what God speaks to us will walk in. Father, we thank you for your grace and your mercy. God, what you did for the widow, you can do for us. What you did for Elijah, you can do for us. God, let our hearts be attuned, God, to your word. Let us set in anticipation of what you're going to say, God. And let us accept it and walk in it. Father, the plans that you have for us are greater than we can imagine. Father, we don't get caught up in the situation and the circumstances and how things look. Oh no, that's not what we want to be in, God. We want to make sure that our focus is on you, God, and what you're speaking and what you're saying. So God, help us. Help us receive your word this morning. Help us, Father, begin, God, to embrace, to attune, God, to do those things for what you have. And we pray for the person on our right and we pray for the person on our left, God, that you speak to the hearts and they would be open, God, for the plans, God. Speak that word into their heart. And Father, we know that as we obey, lines will cross, things will shake loose in the cosmos, amazing things will happen. So God, we trust you and we thank you Father, these wonderful people, I pray that they're blessed coming in and going out. Let your face shine upon them. God, as they celebrate the new year, keep them safe. Let it be a great time of family and friends and expectation of what you're going to do. Bless my friends, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And everyone says... Amen, amen. We love you guys. You're dismissed. They're going to continue to pray. You guys go out and have a great weekend. We'll see you here Wednesday night. No service tonight. Enjoy it with your family. We love you guys. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.